fine, fine, fine. This one goes out to Russell Cat, Daniel Purcell, Sterling Metzlai, Eric Steele, and Jason DeLuna. No, 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 no. Of course, now you go. Major Spoilers theme song. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. Rodrigo and I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, 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 the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome to this issue of the Major Spoilers podcast, issue four two nine. You know what that means? See that joke never stops working. You know what that means? What we are only ten issues away. From our final major spoilers podcast. That's gonna And suck. then we're gonna relaunch it <laughs> with a brand new number one. We're gonna have and a I'm, whole new universe. I'm gonna of characters. be a woman this time, and Rodrigo's going to be the Green Lantern of Earth Two, and Rob's gonna be put on a bus. You know, it's it's interesting, oh. you know so many <laughs> poor Rob. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting that we have um this discussion uh, so many comic book companies have different universes and certainly the big two dc has the multiverse and i don't know i guess uh marvel calls it the multiverse as well marvel calls it well the multiverse is actually part of the greater omniverse which is something that pretty much only mark gruenwald and the watcher ever used as actual terminology Mm -hmm. but since i love both mark gruenwald and the watcher i go with greater omniverse okay now Britain uses it sometimes too, doesn't he? Who? Captain Britain? Oh, don't listen to Captain Britain. Okay. Captain Britain is he's drunk, my friend. You know, when the Ultimate Universe came out, what, not twelve years ago or something like that? Mm-hmm. It, it was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Right? I think we've had this discussion before. Selling right. a lot, getting a lot more people into the Marvel Universe, even though it's not the Marvel Universe, it's the ultimate Marvel Universe. <laughs> it's a Marvel Universe. It is, a, not... it is a Marvel Universe, and uh, DC has the multiverse, and you know, of course they collapsed it, and then they brought it back, and then they relaunched it and rebooted it, and now there's, you know, main DCU Universe, or main DCU Earth, I main guess is DCU what it's called. Main DCU Earth, rawr, rawr. Uh, You know, there is no Earth Prime, but there is Earth-16 that has the the uh, the uh, Young Justice TV series that resides in there. They have um, now an Earth-2 that has an Alan Scott uh, becoming Green Lantern and getting ready to fight Solomon Grundy. Uh, we've got, uh, presumably, coming up an Earth-3, and, you know, a bunch of other things. And so... The fact that there is the multiverse in especially these two publishing houses um, had me then reflecting on movies. And it seems like every freaking time a movie comes up that has Batman in it, Mm -hmm. guess what? we got to change the look of Batman in the comic books to match the Batman that we see on the screen. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. we've got to change Iron Man's armor now in the comic books to reflect what was in the most recent I mean you you talk about a big change. I mean they relaunched X Men with, you know, biker jackets and mm-hmm. black jeans to yep. to match it to the X Men movies. And how do you guys feel how do you guys feel about that? Well I thought it was a great X Men run, so I was okay with it. <laughs> like I actually did enjoy was was it Morrison, right? Right. right. That yeah. was yeah, Morrison's that was relaunch Morrison's... of X Men. I actually liked it. I like okay. the new X Men. But I mean do you like it when they take that, that thing that's going on in the 
in the movie and force it into the comic book? I don't I don't like it when they force it. Really, that's my problem with it is that if you're in the middle of a storyline and editorial comes down and says anything, like if editorial comes down and says, we've done a market research and there needs to be more monkeys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now you have to write a monkey into your story, right? You know, I know that sounds awesome, but if you were planning on not revealing the monkey until three months from now, mm-hmm. and now they're forcing right. you to do an early reveal on your monkey storyline, yeah. that screws yeah. up well, your comic. Okay, so and you've ruined the time of chimpanzee. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so the uh, the um, uh, Gotham City mm-hmm. always supposed to be gothic, but for a while it looked relatively modern. Uh, but then after Tim Burton's Batman movie came out, they had a whole story arc where the Mad Bomber, or whoever he was, was going around and... Midnight Bomber with bombs at midnight. Yes, was going around and blowing up buildings to reveal the original architecture that was hidden by the city mm-hmm. so that Gotham City would then match more closely to the Batman movie universe. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, see Catwoman costume change or Batman's costume change. And I'm using Batman as an example, but the same thing goes with Spider-Man. Here you have... Peter Parker now in an in an ultimate universe where he is with his Aunt May and Gwen Stacy again, and he's about mm-hmm. to get a sidekick that's much younger than he is with similar powers called Alpha. Huh. Well, and the more the more obvious one is Straczynski actually wrote in built-in bio web shooters mm-hmm. yeah, when yeah. the movie people went with that in oh six or oh five. And I mean, to me that's 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 excusable. But did it make for good stories? Yeah, Straczynski run had some good stuff in it. I know with Rodrigo in that the X-Men run was really good. Some of the things they do with these things are really good. It's a question of, you know, what are you going to do with it once it happens? When they when they unmasked Spider Man, which had nothing to do with the movies, but stay with me on this. No, we're still. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna do all this, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this. I'm like, okay. And then what are you gonna do? And nobody thought about that. Well, and you know, it's it's funny because you can almost tell. All right, the Amazing Spider Man movie's coming out. Guess which villain they're gonna be focusing on in the arc? Mysterio. Yes, exactly. I wonder. Well, well, Rob, let's let's get your reactions first, and I'll throw out my my idea, and you tell me if this is a good idea or not. Right. Uh, no, I'm I'm basically gonna just agree with you guys. If it's forced, it, it you know it doesn't feel natural. It, mm-hmm. It's bad if it, they manage to do a good thing with it. If they manage to make it feel like part of the story, like Grant Morrison's new X Men run having the uh, movie costume look, mm-hmm. that was good. Good what for them. Color is Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever color what he does Nick damn Fury well look like? What, what does, does Nick, Nick Fury, Fury look like? Look like you know. So in the Marvel six one six universe, like in the Marvel six one six universe, he's a white guy, smokes a cigar, well beyond his age. Mm-hmm. In the Ultimate universe, he's Sam Jackson, right? But now in the six one six universe or right. Marvel now, no. Uh, You've got what is this? The illegitimate son of Nick Fury who gouges his own eye it's, out. I don't understand no, what's going on. Gouge his own eye out. It's Nick Fury Jr. Um, basically, they revealed that Nick Fury had a son with a an African American woman, and that son grew up believing his name was like Marcus uh, Welby or some crap. And Marcus Welby discovered that he is actually the son of Nick Fury, and now he's going by Nick Fury Jr. and wearing Steve Rogers' old super soldier costume. Because that's what happens. 
when you become a superhero. You steal someone else's clothing. And, and someone you, else's and name. Shave, and shave your head and put well, an eye patch on and essentially right. become... He lost his eye in combat with Taskmaster or Deadpool or something. and it, it, It's not important because, no, honestly, as, as, a, as a greater wit than I said, if you look up half-assed in the dictionary, it actually has a picture of Nick Fury Jr. But that all said, I understand the sentiment and I understand why you would do that, especially since, honestly... Nick Fury looking like Samuel L. Jackson is either a cheap shock or just a sight gag that someone threw into a story 10 years ago. And now all of a sudden it's become such a thing. And it's, you know, Samuel Jackson is famous and has sure. played Nick Fury and is partially famous for yeah. playing Nick Fury. I understand why you do it. And I think that as, you know, as annoying as it is to me as a comics fan, at least they're trying. And that one, you know, that was a particularly difficult one. So here's Try. here's the problem from the moviegoer. I know nothing about comic books, but, oh, my God, I watched this Iron Man and this Incredible Hulk and all these things, and it led to the Avengers, and <gasps> I am a huge fan of this stuff. I'm going to rush out right now and go buy the comic book. What the frick? This has nothing to do with the movie. Right. So okay. from the comic fan and a, or from the movie fan that wants to suddenly get into comic books based on the movie, which I'm going to bet there's not a whole lot of people that do that. But mm -hmm. we know that there's going to be an Avengers 2. We know that there's something coming at coming next. Mm -hmm. But not for now. <laughs> but what if you took the and instead of trying to take the movie universe and force it into your comic books, mm -hmm. why don't you just take that movie universe and continue it in a universe specific, you know, a comic book line specifically set in that universe. Mm -hmm. You know, Star Wars kind of did this, right, Matthew? After um, after Star Wars, as we were building up to uh, Empire Strikes Back, there are these stories that take place that follow after that movie and lead us into Empire Strikes Back. Could Marvel then not take a new universe, Marvel movie now, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. Continue to tell tell us what happened when uh, Tony Stark dropped David Banner off at the uh, at the uh, Bruce Banner off at the uh, at the pier. Mm -hmm. What happened after that? Tell that into the story. Continue into an Avengers line of comics that are based off that movie that continue on to that storyline and create a natural evolution into Avengers two or into the next movie, and then just continue on doing that. Is is that something that would work or not work? No. It would not work. The well, problem with it is that that makes required reading for yeah. the people. It doesn't people. have to be. It, that's how a lot of people, a lot of the public will view it is now, not only do I have to go to the movie or do I, if I want to, I can go to the movie, but if I want to get all the stuff or enjoy it or whatever and mm -hmm. understand why, how it got from a point A, Avengers, mm -hmm. end of Avengers 1 to point B, beginning of Avengers 2, mm -hmm. I need to buy these comics now. But right. and with the Star Wars example, let me counter this real quick, Matthew, and I'll come over to you. In the Star Wars example, you didn't have to read all those books to know how you went from Star Wars to Empire Strikes Back. That's right, you didn't. You didn't. Because when Empire Strikes Back came out, it threw everything that those comics did away. To an extent, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yep. There's a novel. It completely ignored or, it. And either a novel or a comic series that was the only one that really bridged between 
uh, New Hope and Empire that got that mm-hmm. was basically it was what it would have been the sequel mm-hmm. if Empire didn't get greenlit, mm-hmm. and it's has absolutely nothing to do with what happened in the rest of the in Empire and sure. Return. It so, has Luke and Leia hooked so, up. So here's the here's uh, here's how how I see it. You have to decide what angle you are going to look right, at this right, from. If right. you're looking at it from the studio and from Marvel Comics angle, is it a good move uh, um, economically? You know, is this going to get you money? That is a good move. It is a good move to say, okay, well, we'll get somebody like when Scarlett Johansson and uh, Nick Fury Jr. all sign up to do this movie, we'll put it in their contracts that we get their likenesses for the Marvel movie comics, mm-hmm. right? All there, no problems. Let's go. Right. So you start making the Marvel movie mm-hmm. comics and you launch them. And then eventually you get the movie and maybe the writer undoes everything the comics Sure. Does. And so from a monetary standpoint, that is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. From an artistic standpoint and really from the standpoint of that guy who rushes out, gets the comics and wants to get the full story, that's going to end up frustrating them in the end when you get a new writer for the movie and the writer says, I need to start my movie in the Yukon with the Hulk. And this comic talks about how the Hulk's been hanging out in Tierra del Fuego this whole time. So Mm -hmm. either I need to put something in my movie that gets the Hulk from South America all the way to the top of North America, or Mm -hmm. I can just ignore this because it's not real because the movies Mm -hmm. are actually what matters. I mean, you could certainly, you could certainly do that, but Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I think the, I think the, Publishers are missing out, and the studios are missing out on an opportunity to maximize some potential, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if it is for a short run. Because people, again, and Matthew, how many people after seeing what kind of uptake or uptick in the uh, in the business at the comic shop happened after the Avengers, and then again after Amazing Spider-Man? Well, there was definitely some, but I think that you know there are a couple of things that we're not taking into account with this idea, which is a, what's the Basically, we have to take that question of primacy, which story takes precedence. Some people say the comic story, the comics real quote unquote story is more real because it's the original medium. But then you have to take into account that millions more people saw that movie than read, you know, the comic or you will ever read the comic adventures of Nick Fury Jr. So you you get into a really weird area there and moreover you get to a point where you have well let's look at it let's take the obvious example major spoilers has five or six staff writers five or six staff writers occasionally step on each other's toes or try and you know jockey for position or you know pick the same review and go oh no 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 now imagine that you've got 57 people writing a movie because it always takes 57 people writing a movie and 20 guys producing a monthly comic book and each of them is dealing with the realities of whatever the weirdness the vagaries of their portion of it are and you put this comic and you're saying okay this is my comic and based on the information that rob the screenwriter gave matthew the comic writer six months ago this is accurate and rodrigo has gone off and drawn it But in that time, Rob, the screenwriter, has also changed his mind so that instead of the purple elephants, everything is red giraffes. So we have an adaptation of a story that didn't happen. The easy solution is 
get everybody's shit together from the beginning and oh, yeah, lay out a lay out a book yeah, that's, that's, that's that kind of lays everything out. Now, there is a good example. Well, here's an example, but it was a terrible convoluted story. Mm-hmm. But Richard Kelly, uh, director of Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. actually did this with a um, with his series Southland Tales, where it was supposed to be um, three three chapter tales mm-hmm. set in a post apocalyptic and eh, post nuclear strike world, um, where the movie that came out South- Southland Tales was actually book two. Um, chapters four, five, and six. And in order to, I mean, you could go and see that movie and you could kind of understand what was going on if you could understand what was going on. The movie really had some <laughs> issues. Mm-hmm. It's just not from a good storytelling point. But the idea was that you would go and buy the first three trades, chapters one, two, and three of book one. That would introduce some of the characters and some of the plot lines. And then that would lead you naturally into the movie uh, where you could watch the movie and understand what was going on even more, get more out of the experience. And then to find out what happens at the very end, um, he was either, I can't remember if he was going to go back and do another comic series or if he was going to do an online web experience that allowed you to flow through the rest of that story in kind of a found footage uh, scavenger hunt kind of thing where you're going mm-hmm. through all these different sites and going through and checking all these files and folders and finding that information to find out what happened afterwards. Right. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of along this way, at least for the first half where you've got the comic books that are leading into, uh, the movie. And then depending on, you know, nothing was ever came after, after that, because the, again, the movie was just so bad that, mm. uh, the studio was just like, we wash our hands of everything. We want nothing to do Nuked with this. Nuke the from orbit. Yes. The kind of way to be sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so there is, a, there is a, and I, we do see this sometimes too, where you will see a comic book, a one shot come out that says, this leads you into XYZ movie. Sure. Um, but I'm just talking about this bridging story. Something that, again, satisfies the need to make money, more money off the movie than you're already making without forcing your main universe to adapt to the movie, you create this other universe, and if it dies out, it dies out. You still have your other stories going on in your 616 or your Ultimate or your Marvel Now or whatever that they're going to call it. And I'm using just Marvel as an example because that's who's in the the spotlight. I mean, DC has just literally screwed themselves as far as movies go with their comic properties. They just, they just can't get their, their crap together. Yeah. I think there's, there's way too many things going on at once for DC mm-hmm. to the point where they're like, Oh guys, we really need to get this justice league movie going. Cause the other guys got their justice league movie together. Right. And mm-hmm. they're, but they didn't plan for it ahead of time. So it just keeps being kind of this, idea that just kind of revs up a little bit and then dies back down and people are mm-hmm. like we do not have the money and time to devote to this okay so just keep cranking out batman movies okay now here's here's what i think about uh f- i think that doing that bridging comic is a good idea and you do see that uh usually as a um, mini series or something like that or or uh a you know one of the the many amazing things that subway does is you know give you, <laughs> the subway has yeah, like the yeah, crappiest yeah. toys yeah, like end. like yeah. uh what what i want to say uh 
um, kids' meals yeah, yeah. type things. I mean, I went in and their thing for Brave is literally a bag. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like a satchel yeah. with the character from Brave. And I was like, man, I bet all the kids that love Brave are happy that Subway won the bidding war. Because rather than having a character like you can press and shoot an arrow, you get a tote. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, that's, that's really... Subway does that with all their yeah oh totally stuff. totally they had they had Phineas and Ferb for a while and yeah, I was yeah. like what a waste yep. but anyway uh, yeah so you get that you know those promotional comics you have to go into Taco Bell and and buy an enchurazo to get uh, an Iron Man <laughs> comic is that a, is that a thing is that a real thing uh, is that it, come with the Mexi fries uh, it is <laughs> that is that is what you yell out after, after the Taco get, Bell has got five dots in a row intrazo no after the Taco oh. Bell has gone through your system <laughs> <laughs> that's what you yell out uh, assuming nobody has taken the precaution of uh, putting like a wooden block in your mouth so you, yeah, don't, yeah, swallow so you don't swallow your, swallow your tongue <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, they, they do promotional tie-ins and they do limited series that bridge the comics. The, mm-hmm. the problem with that, and we saw it, for example, with Immortals, yeah. is that... Yeah, yeah, that was another example, yeah. Is that in the end, it can't matter. Like, you have to write a story right. that doesn't matter because one of two things is going to happen. If it matters... Then the same amount of then the same story is going to get covered in the movie mm-hmm. as exposition, mm-hmm. or it's gonna get ignored. Like one of those two things, because you can't write a comic that's going. You can't write a comic that costs you three thousand dollars to put out to change a movie that's going to cost you thirty bazillion dollars to to put out. Well, yeah. like I said, I think it takes a lot of planning to do it right. Oh yeah, but I. I, I think it can be done, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think it would yeah. satisfy, you know, the comic fans that are like, why all of a sudden is there a Nick Fury Jr.? Where does Cigar go? You know, and those right, kind of right. concerns that, that pop Just out. Just your your description of it makes me angry, because it, <laughs> it seriously, it creates stories that, like Rodrigo says, cannot have meaning. These stories cannot be and will not be referenced in the movie. And it's that thing that I have about, you know, it's not a reference. It's It couldn't be a movie universe, and I didn't believe they could make a movie universe. And they managed to prove me wrong, and hooray for them. But if I go and I read a book and I pay $6.99, which is about what you pay for these things, and I go, da-da-da, $6.99, here's the story of how, you know, how your aunt Robin ended up working for Shield in the summer of 2012, <laughs> kids. So you have that story, and I go to the movie. I spent 6.99 on a story that cannot be referenced or will not be referenced because if they say, "Oh, well, here's a little here's a little thing to it," people are going to go, "Well, what did that mean? That was that was stupid. That was a that was a bad thing, and we want it out because we are the the focus group." Rob, have you seen this news about Item 47? Uh, no. It's a Marvel short film, 12 minutes long, uh, that uh, follows the adventures of two people who uh, pick up one of the Chikari weapons after after the end of the Avengers. And so we're following up with them, and they're deciding to use the weapons to commit crimes. We don't know what's going to happen. It's 12 minutes long. But it's continuing on that Avengers story, just like, um, what was Agent Coulson's uh, trip to the, uh, you know, it took place between... Or yeah, between Hulk and um, Thor, mm-hmm. where Agent Coulson is driving from, uh, meeting with uh, maybe it was uh, Iron Man, where he's meeting for with, uh, 
Tony Stark's people and he's driving out to uh, the crater where the hammer is. And it's a short, short little short where he's in there stopping a uh, robbery at a convenience store in the middle of the night. Doesn't have any impact in mm-hmm. the universe or does it? It continues it on. It builds up the Coulson character as a pretty cool character and people want, you know, that short. No, no, probably... no. The continued existence of that character is not the continuation of that story. It doesn't continue on into the movie. It tells yeah, it what tells might have happened got... in between. No, it does tell you what happened in between. He stopped at the convenience store and he broke up the robbery and then he went on to New Mexico where they got the uh, the Thor's hammer. But it, it had that little story has absolutely no relevance in the movies at all. Well, how did he get from point A to point B? Cars. And Cars, it doesn't planes, matter how he got from point A to point B. But there's a That's story the there thing. on there's a story there yeah. of what so, happened when he went from point A to so, point B. So really the the issue here is uh, this is two things. One, uh people being uh, annoyed at the fact that the the actual, you know, central universes keep getting tweaked right. to match the movies. Right. And that's a certain legitimate concern. And I think, uh, you know, creating a comic for the movies would solve that. Now, but let me ask you this. Without being negative, mm-hmm. what if, for all of you, what if they did do it? What if, as like Matthew said, well, they can't create a, a movie universe that, encom- you know, a, a mm-hmm. universe. And they did. Mm-hmm. What if they did do it? With a bridging comic, would that be a good thing? Would that be something you guys would embrace, or would that be something that's like, meh, that's that movie comic. I'm going to stick over here with my six one six. Well, I wouldn't say that. Nobody Cause would because I'm not reading six one six. Right, right. But but here, I think that. Go ahead. My first response would be to say no because it's a it's that movie tie-in comic and its story won't be continued and most likely i'll have you know if i really really love it i'll have my green hornet slash han solo and the splinter of the mind's eye problem where the story that i love is you know is now officially out of continuity and can't told and can't reference that next movie which makes me even more frustrated and sad and then seth rogan will reboot me but again, I'm saying, let's play in the what-if world where everything lined up perfectly, Matthew, and those stories in the comics were in continuity. There is a reference, a nod, whatever, to that in the Avengers 2. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, that's... Uh, unfortunately, you can't just say, what if everything aligned perfectly, because you have to decide what that alignment is. Mm-hmm. You have to say, okay... When Okay, so we're going to br- make this comic that bridges between Avengers and Avengers 2, or between Avengers and whatever's next, between yeah, yeah. Avengers and Iron Man 3, 4, or whatever's yeah. coming up, 9, right? So 16. you, as Marvel Comics say, okay, we're going to write this story, guy who's writing Iron Man, you are either writing this story as well, or you have to make reference to this story mm-hmm. later. That you have already prioritized mm-hmm. stuff and said, this is going to reference that. Mm-hmm. Right. But how much are you going to do it? Because eventually, like Rob said, it does become required reading. How important is that story going to be? The more important you make that story, the more um, 
difficult it's going to be to right. understand right, right, the movie right, right. if right. you haven't read the story. Right. You know, and I go back to these little shorts. You don't have to watch those shorts to appreciate the Agent Coulson character or what's going on with the Item 47 or anything like that. Right. But it helps flesh out that universe. So what? So what you're proposing then is a comic series that helps flesh out the universe but isn't vital to understanding the story. Yeah, and it gives those people who are fans of the movie who know nothing about what's currently going on with whatever's going on in the current books gives right. them that outlet to enjoy that. Sure. And but so they can, you don't have to have your story interrupted by a lizard arc because there's the lizard in the story. You can go have your Spider-Man comic right, that right. is that tells more about that universe. And, but the, and those tales. The reason we're, we're predicated. Go ahead, Rob. The reason these shorts work is because they're free. No, I don't think so. If you want to see that item forty-seven, am, you have to go buy the Blu-ray DVD set. If you want, I mean, except for the whole it, uh, Colson part that they did put online for free, you had to buy the Thor DVD. In I think I that. think there's a market for it. But you, yeah. you still have. I mean, you're getting it by putting the money towards the original product it's it's an extra it's mm-hmm. it's not something that you're buying separately it is it's a free extra dealy the comics i'm probably not going to buy the comics because they're not going to be relevant to the movie I'm, no i'm, I'm put, saying these comics are relevant to the movie right as, as, as they're as, required as reading saying. as as we have uh, basically the 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 conceit here is that the comics no, the conceit is that they're not that relevant to the movie. Like that, either you can, you can. What happened when Tony Stark dropped uh, Bruce Banner off at at the pier? Bruce Banner goes off and has an adventure, right? Which then is it, shifts you and leads you then, into where the Hulk is going then to be starts, in Avengers Two. Starts right. that that tells you why the Hulk is in. Uh, Beijing, right? Well, that's how the story would have to work in the comic book in order right, to... Right, right, right. So the story, like, yeah. at the beginning but of... It th- but uh, it, has of... No, it has no impact on Hulk and the Agents of Smash coming out from Marvel now right. in a couple of months. So the the this comic tells you how uh, Bruce Banner gets from the edge of the pier, has awesome adventures, ends up in Beijing, right. which leads you then to Avengers 2. 2. Um, so what Rob is saying is he wouldn't because in the end, Avengers two is going to have a line that says, Hey, how'd you get here? Oh, I fought a guy moving on. Right. And not have any transcendent, uh, impact on the universe. Well, right. Right. That, that's exactly it. it. It can't have enough relevance to the character. Otherwise it becomes required reading. At the point right. it becomes required, it becomes a failure of product. But it doesn't become a success until it becomes required. No, I don't. I think you can do it without having required reading. But here's the. But here's then no the one's going to buy it, it, it. Why wouldn't if they? it's not relevant? Why am I going to spend my money on because it? Because I just saw these six awesome movies, and I want to get into this stuff, but I don't but understand what this Peter Parker guy is doing the... with his thingy and the thing in this universe. What I'm saying is. Create a whole separate universe <laughs> that's set into this m- movie universe, yeah. and you're not we're, fucking I, with your prime we're, continuity. And and we're arguing, and once again, as we us- as usually happens on this podcast, we are arguing two different things. Steven exactly. is saying this makes monetary sense. Rob right. is saying this comic does not matter, matter from a story point. You are both saying the same things. Steven is saying 
this makes monetary sense, colon, and we don't have to worry about continuity. Rob is saying this is awful because you're not worrying about continuity in parentheses, but Marvel could sure use the money. Like right. you're both actually right. saying the same thing. But you're just in different wavelengths. We're back to Steven Smallville argument that comes up periodically on the show. Why didn't DC use Smallville to sell comic books? And I think what it's really coming down to is the expectation that these movies are designed to make money by selling comic books. They're not. There Except is no way to make Avengers money off of Avengers comic books. Well, you, you, you. I, I will tell you that they probably haven't made $200 billion or whatever the hell it is that movie made in the last 10 years of making Avengers comic books. The comic books, I think, are to some degree played as a lost leader to say, okay, here's this well, awesome property that we have, and this is how you learn about it. But yes, people shouldn't you, have to read the comics to understand the movie. The movie that requires you to read the comics to understand what's going on is a movie that will fail. And that, I think, is what Rob is saying. You're both right. It would be great if they could do that. But part of the reason that they don't do that is is not that, you know, it's something that we think, you know, if we figure it out and we do it and we tell the writers this is what they're going to do, that's not the reason why it fails. The reason why it fails is people like me, when I go in and I see this is a, this is something that's said in that movie universe of the Avengers. Well, the movie universe of the Avengers, half the charm for me is Tom Hibble Fibbleton calling the Black Widow a mewling quim and, and, and her 3D butt and the awesomeness that was Mark Ruffalo playing the Hulk. And none of that will translate into the comic. And what I love about the comic, a lot of it didn't make its way to the movie they're they're separate entities to me and i'm not necessarily going to think i should read this avengers movie comic and i don't think that most people who went to see the avengers movie thought i really need to start reading monthly comics well and, and we don't know that that's the problem i i will disagree with uh i i mean right now the the model doesn't allow uh, basically that money to come back into the comics mm -hmm. but that is money that they're losing yeah i mean and if if they did put that commercial if they made a comic again it makes perfect monetary sense if they had developed a comic for smallville which, which would have been complicated yeah. for the specific reasons it's but if we if we move that argument to avengers all right if they made a comic specifically for the avengers movie and at the end of the movie um, they're all eating their shawarma, right? And it's like, want to see more Avengers when they're not necessarily eating and still having cool adventures? Pick up this comic, y'all! Yeah, like people would run out and buy that comic because everybody loved Avengers, and that is money that basically uh, Marvel took and then just kind of rolled out the window mm -hmm. because they could be making more money and they could make this self-feeding loop of comics to movie to comics now, we, to movie to comics. And, and the problem is we haven't seen we haven't seen it go full circle yet because mm -hmm. we do have a comic book based on Smallville. Right. Okay. It's called Smallville. It's on your comics We've actually yet. had several. Yeah. Um you also have Buffy, mm -hmm. season nine, season eight and season nine. And what is the upcoming there's another one uh Firefly, uh Joss Whedon had said during um uh San Diego Comic Con that the Firefly books that Dark Horse puts out are the highest selling books of all time for Dark Horse. Mm -hmm. uh, just far exceed 
uh, anything that Buffy could do or anything like that. But there are, let's take Jericho and continue well, it into comics. Now, I mean, these look are all, at, look you know, at Jericho Star Wars. is kind of a bad I mean, example because it, you know, fizzled out. But, right. you know, and Buffy, whenever it first came out, big seller. Right. Now it's certainly dropped over time, but, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that ability to make that money mm-hmm. to rake in some extra dough. If you leave money on the table, that's, I mean, I just sit there and want to pound my head and say, why? Oh, why sure. are you passing I mean, up these opportunities? And, and it might be because uh, Mar- part of the problem is stuff like we were talking about last show. It, in an industry where you can have only one distributor mm-hmm. who basically gives you whatever numbers it wants right. to to tell you what the market is doing. Uh, in an industry where, uh, you know, people look at technology and say, oh, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. And you have to wait five to ten years for something to be implemented. Right. You know, the comic book industry is slow and it is behind. Mm-hmm. And right now, the big companies that are running it are only using it to mine properties. Well, And, that, and, and they're will... not necessarily going back and investing that technology right. and that money in the comic book companies to bring them up to speed. I will agree with Matthew that the comic books are continue to be put into print, not as a lost leader, but to ensure that they uh, maintain the rights onto those properties. Sure. Uh, Watchmen. If they stop printing Watchmen, those rights would revert back over to Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to keep that in print because it's a big property, and the Watchmen movie certainly made them a lot of movies, so there's incentive to make additional sequels off of that. So I'm not disagreeing uh, on that point, but when there's money that can be made, and you're right, uh, mm. you know, you have to remember the comic book industry is a print industry. Mm-hmm. Newspapers are also print, and look at the difficulty that that newspapers are having over these last decade trying to make the transition to digital, and they're not, but, and they're failing, and they're and they're they're in trouble, and they can't. They're not opening. They're not taking off those blinders to see what the opportunities are. And I think there are well, opportunities that the comic book publishers have before them and the movie studios. Uh, we do have to keep in mind that even though Warner Brothers owns DC Comics, they're not the same company. They're not the same people. They're not right, the same right. company. They do have some people that are the in-betweens, but mm. they're not the same company. But there's also, I mean, a completely different thought process. Comics are created three, four, five, six months in advance. They're sold eight weeks in advance. And, you know, as we've talked recently, a movie that was released last Friday is already old news. And I won't see promos for it anymore because it's out and we're going to turn our attention to the next big thing. I don't think it's a question of leaving money on the table. I think it's a question of the guys who are used to thinking three weeks in the future and the guys who are used to thinking eight weeks in the past never coming to grips at the same point and saying, your people who are buying movie tickets could be buying the comics and these people that are buying comics could be buying the movie tickets. I think it's I think it's difficult when you're in it. I mean, yeah. we we it's it's basically our job to look at these things from the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the guys who are in it are not ne- are are just kind of going around being like, "Oh man." Like can you imagine the guys at Marvel being like, "Oh man, that Avengers movie did really well. Cool. All right. Now back to writing stories about Iron Fist fighting the Taskmaster." You know, I, I mean, <laughs> well, but that's kind of what it seems like. And again, uh, we've been talking a lot about Mar- Marvel, but only because 
again, I think Marvel has done it successfully mm -hmm. while, while DC stumbles and falls. DC needs to be learning from this, and they you would think they would be the ones that are adapting and trying to push forward uh, as fast as they can and, and listening to these new Ow. changes. Now, granted, since Diane Nelson came on board, there have been a lot of innovative changes that DC has done, including the new 52. Um, but I... I don't know. I, I, it, it's the same reason why the comic book publishers, it, it still amazes me. Free comic book day is on a Saturday. What day do most people go to the movie theaters? On the weekend, shove those free comic books into the movie theaters, especially when you have a movie that is comic book themed opening on free mm -hmm, comic mm -hmm. book day weekend, and shove it into those people's hands. It's free, and it's free publicity. Oh, sure, sure. sure. I, I, it just... Uh, I mean, you're already shelling out a ton of money for 3D glasses. You get a free comic book. Get a free comic book with your 3D glasses. Yeah, so I, I don't know. And it's... you can, <laughs> at the end of the movie, you can drop them both in that basket and never think about it again. You no, can, no. but I mean, your first your first hit is free. Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, I... Get me hooked on that drug I, that is comic books. There is one thing that I think uh, DC did accidentally, DC Warner Brothers accidentally did well, which is that when Batman... Uh, came out when I think after Batman Returns, they were like, uh, "You guys want to try like a cartoon Batman?" Yeah, all right. And have since basically built this animated empire off of that. Mm -hmm. So that was, I mean, and in a lot of ways, that was all Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that was Warner Brothers actually having that initiative and saying, "Hey, this is working. Let's get this guy to work on it now. Let's get this guy." And then actually picking and choosing guys from the comic book industry and bringing them in and writing all these yeah. things and all that stuff. Well, and, but and, that, I think that is all Warner Brothers. DC yeah. has had very oh, yeah. little input because, as a company um, on that. You know, Harley Quinn's a good example. Mm -hmm. It was a character that was only in the animated series and became so popular that DC's like, well, let's bring her into the that's true. comic book sure. universe. But, Why not? Uh, but, but to a large degree, that's individual writers right. saying, mm -hmm. hey, I love that character. I want to write that character. Mm -hmm. You know, and you get that. I mean, and partially that is part of the issue with comics in general of writers coming in and saying, well, things sure have changed since I was eight years old and reading comics. Here's the new world order. You know, but to a certain degree, that can also be a good thing of people bringing in fresh new ideas and being like, you know what? I love the Thundercats, so I'm going to make Batman more like the Thundercats. And weirdly enough, maybe it kind of works. Put it in an else world and it will work. Well, uh, you could you could just have a straight up crossover, which yep. I hate, but that's a different <laughs> show. Or you could just, you know, steal the Thundercats concepts, make it a Batman story and pretend that you didn't know. Yes, you can steal the Thundercats concepts. Remove the cat part, set it exclusively in space, and, uh, oh, wait, no, that's Star Wars. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of uh, crossovers, this week over on the Major Spoilers website, uh, go back and check out Matthew's. What What's your top ten, Matthew, that you did? Top ten Batman crossover thingy thingies. All right. And they're not the ones you might think either, because I'm awesome like that. Yeah, so look out for the uh, top ten crossover thingy thingies involving Batman. Speaking of Batman, uh, I mean, it opened at midnight a day or so ago, but being Friday, it's now open nationwide. Are you seeing Steven's it? Steven's seen it six times. Probably. You know what? I, I really don't. I'm going to have to see it. I don't know when I'm going to see it because, you know, tonight we I have to hit a critical hit and get that out. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday, I promised my son I would take him to see a movie, and I think we're going to have to sit through, or I'm going to have to sit through, the horrible Ice Age. He already saw the picture of Ice Age, and he's like, Dad, let's watch that one that has ice in the title. And I was like, mm. uh. <laughs> So it may be late Saturday before I can even see mm -hmm. Dark Knight Returns. Rob, have you already seen it? 
uh, yeah, I wasn't planning on going to the midnight showing, and then some of my friends who already bought tickets couldn't make it. So oh, yeah, they couldn't make them because Rob knifed him in the shower. Yep. Knife in the eye. Why in the shower? <laughs> because you live in you live in a dorm in college, and the guys spend a lot yeah, of time. No, that, in the I was like, I was with Stephen up until the shower part. <laughs> it's just people real people are real friendly around these parts. So <laughs> oh, hey Rob, what's up? Hey, is that a knife? <laughs> I'll see. See how it happens. Oh like, no! I've seen, I've seen Psycho. I know how you kill a person. My, I was in my college, only consolation met, is that all this is going to go down the drain and not cause any <laughs> mess. Ugh, ugh, I met some really nice people in the shower, but then I lived in the co-ed dorm yeah. and they were all girls. And that's not the point. The point is this. Ew. Matthew, uh, are you going to go see it uh, this weekend? Probably not. Uh, it depends. Honestly, the kid is, is coming back on a flight in the morning, so she may force me to go, but more than likely I'll see it when it hits either the dollar theater or when I'm dragged out of the house forcibly by the child. Rodrigo, what about you? No interest <laughs> or? Uh, some interest. I'm going to see if I can. Did you see the first two Batman begins mm-hmm. and the dark Knight? Yep. Okay. On in the theater or on DVD? I actually saw them all in the theater. Oh, okay. Uh, but Why would you call them the first two, the first Batman movie was 1966 in Christopher, the in Christopher Nolan's trilogy of movies. Right. The first movie is Batman begins. The second movie is The Dark Knight. Right. That's that's our uh, close so. captioning for anal retentiveness. Yes. Uh, um, I'm only. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm only a little bit interested. If I go see it, it'll be for major spoilers, like I, so that we can talk about it, and so that I can actually take part in the discussion. But I might not get around to it. I, I actually have a really busy week. Yeah. So do I. That's the bad thing. You would think that San Diego Comic-Con coverage that we had. And I hope everybody enjoyed our San Diego Comic-Con coverage, because we had a lot of stuff. Um, and if you didn't, what's wrong with you? Well, that is the big question. What is wrong with you? Um, Hello. The uh, This segment of the Major Spoilers Podcast, the What's Wrong With You segment, brought to you by Amazon.com. If you're going to purchase anything <laughs> from Amazon, please do us a favor. Go over to Majorspoilers.com. Click on the Amazon.com link. Buy the big screen TV, the the cameras, the uh, the DSM four text that will tell you what's wrong with you. <laughs> yes, it will certainly help us up, and we th- help us out, and we thank everyone who's done that. Helps us keep this little initiative alive. So, what is wrong with you, Rodrigo? Why don't you want to rush out there and and go see it beyond just uh, um, the work issue? I just, I'm just not. I have never really been that excited about Batman. I mean, Batman kind of doesn't do it for me. He's a he's a guy whose superpowers involve money and just a little bit of time travel, I'm going to guess, so that he can actually <laughs> get that much training within a human lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, Batman just kind of has never done it for me. Uh, you know, there there was probably a time when I was about... 13 when i actually felt a goth-like angst Uh and was and and would have been like oh yeah batman is awesome but that's not really who i am yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean i don't you don't go around and you're looking all sad and some cute girl comes up to you rodrigo what's wrong my parents are dead my parents are dead (laughs) yep i don't i don't usually express my angst in that way (laughs) um i just uh 
get up from uh, the emergency room, yell at people, tell them to get me a tie and it better be red. <laughs> no, that was a terrible movie, too. And then uh, he tells people about how Huey Lewis really is one of the greatest uh, musicians of all time. So, hey, Paul! So, I mean, it, you know, I, and I don't, it's, I don't hate Batman. I, I've enjoyed a lot of Batman movies. I've <laughs> not enjoyed plenty of Batman yeah, yeah. movies. There are a lot of Batman movies um, really to hate. But uh, I just, you know. Do you have a favorite Batman movie? Um, my favorite Batman movie pr- is probably the the first, either the, f- uh, I would probably go with the second Michael Keaton Oh, Batman, Batman movie. Returns. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is one of the few m- superhero movies, pro- probably because it's the one that kind of invented the, 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 the conceit of doing two villains mm-hmm. and actually manages to pull it off well. Now, do I love what they did with the Penguin? No, I actually like the Penguin as a jaunty uh, yeah, yeah. gentleman. Uh, who just happens to be a criminal as well, like yeah, yeah. rather than a mutated freak. Somebody had um, somebody had said that, uh, and I forget where I read it, but they were going through the Batman movies, and they were like, you know, Batman Returns is Tim Burton at a, at his finest mm-hmm. because in the first Batman movie, he had a lot of studio control, so he wasn't able to go the whole Tim Burton look on right, the film. Right. But it's only after it made a huge success that the studio backed off and let him just go. Right, you know, so all uh, Tim Burton on it, but it's also Tim Burton working with on a with a, a Batman uh, right, set right. of colors right, and, right. and other things. So rather than it being um, a, a prequel to the Nightmare Before Christmas or you know Beetlejuice two, right? It's it's its own thing. It has its own color scheme and it has its own things going. So, uh, you know, it's that probably that tension between Tim Burton wanting to do this, Batman pulling in a different direction, and really a pretty good cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, Danny DeVito and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, do an excellent job yeah. in it. Uh, you know, it's it actually comes out as a as a really good movie. Um, the Nolan Batman stuff, I like just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like that Gotham is a little more Chicago-y. Yeah, yeah. But they're kind of not my thing. I think, you know, uh, what's his name? Bale. Christian Bale is not a particularly good Batman. No, I think really not. I think his normal voice sounds like Batman, but yeah. then when he Batmanizes himself, <laughs> he sounds he's like he he. Have you ever seen? Um, obviously, you've seen Legend. Oh, Tom Cruise, right. Legend. Yeah, yeah, right. You know that you know that hag monster that mm-hmm. comes out of the bed and it's like has a really raspy and really high voice. That's yeah, what yeah. that Batman sounds like to me. It's like I'm Batman kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tricks, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's 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 what Christian Bale sounds like when he's being Batman. Weirdly enough, he has that rasp in his normal voice. Right, if he right. just did his normal voice and maybe just kind of like sissified himself to play yeah, Bruce yeah. Wayne, he'd yeah. probably do it a little bit better. Yeah, but yeah, I just uh, the the biggest part about that is that uh, Bale as Batman kind of doesn't do it for me. Rob, what about you? Do you have a favorite Batman movie? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm actually more with. Rodrigo on this that uh, Michael Keaton is the best Batman mm-hmm. for me so that the both Batman and Batman Returns make for my preferred Batman movies uh, Dark Knight was absolutely amazing and Batman Begins was a great job of rebooting it but I don't know it, it kind of a toss up as to 
what I feel at the time. Right now, I'm feeling Tim Burton-y. If you ask me after I watch Dark Knight Rises again, I'll probably feel more Nolan-y. Okay, Matthew, what about you? Do you have a favorite Batman movie? I do, and it comes from long, long ago, WGN's afternoon showings of uh, Burt Ward and and Adam West trying to reconstitute the melted uh, souls of the United Nations people and having them come out wrong at the end. And it had that awesome penguin sequence in the big, in the middle where the penguin dis- basically disguises himself as a guy who looks exactly like the penguin. And Batman and Robin know that he's the penguin, but they take him to the Batcave just in case they are wrong and he's not the penguin. And it turns out, of course, he clearly is the penguin. And, of course, Cesar Romero with the grease paint over his mustache and the bat shark repellent. You cannot hate that movie. Even if you hate that Batman, you cannot hate that movie. I defy you to watch that movie with now, a, without it, a smile on your face. Was it in that movie that has that, like... Eight minute scene with Batman the with bomb. like a giant yeah, bomb, yeah. like a cartoon with the bomb, black yeah. bomb. Sometimes Some it just can't. days yeah, you, you can't just can't in. get rid of a bomb. You know, I think and he from... runs and there's children and then there's baby duck and there's like a so marching, there's band. Yeah, <laughs> marching band. Yeah. That was, that was the best yeah, one. Yeah, Salvation Army, I think. If I yeah, remember. it's been yep. a long time since I've seen that. Uh, for me, I think really it, the Dark Knight. I mean, as far as a story goes, mm-hmm. I really like the Dark Knight mm-hmm. uh, as far as a story goes. Um, I I like Val Kilmer as Batman. I do too. I think I actually, even though it's too I like, it's just in a shitty movie. Yeah, even though I like the the second Batman the best, I think Va- Val Kilmer makes a solid running as the best Batman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, just because he like he's such a cocky Bruce Wayne, but right. such a like in your face Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if there was some way to combine those two, yeah, without the uh, the neon and the uh, the the lights and look, and... internet cut uh, <laughs> cut, cut Val face. Kilmer into the <laughs> Nolan Batman <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But you know, I guess I mean if we're talking about across all uh, media, mm-hmm. I, I guess you know my still my favorite Batman is Kevin Conroy mm-hmm. in uh, right in uh, the animated series. Yeah, that first. Mr. Freeze episode Nora. is one of the best Batman movies ever mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you and, talking, and it was released talking, as a as a two parter movie kind of thing, wasn't it? Are, are you talking about uh, the Mr. Freeze movie, the Sub Zero, the Sub Zero? I don't know because Batman Sub Zero was, was well. See the in the first um, was it the first episode it's was the, the episode where one of, of his, one of the thugs gets shot in the legs and his friend is like Johnny and Batman saves the thug and basically defrosts him and Mr. Freeze leaves him to die because Mr. Freeze is all worried about Nora. Well, in uh, so that may be Sub-Zero now in the first appearance of of Mr. Freeze that's where we end up in the in the jail cell and you know he's holding that snow globe and he's like Nora. But in Sub-Zero that was a pretty good movie and that was in the theaters and then it went uh, mm-hmm. to video mm-hmm. shortly mm-hmm. after. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, uh, Mask of the Phantasm is really pretty good too. Yeah, but really, the, is that the Joker. one with Batwoman? Yeah. Well, it was yes, and also yeah, yeah. There's some Batwoman. There's a Mystery of the Bat. No, Woman. yeah, the is Mystery of the Batwomen is who you're thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I could that not. Had like three Batwomen in it. I could not watch that all the way through. I'm like the sure animation on that was all. a it was it was was a serious step down from the animation even of that, the time. Uh, it was that transition period between. Uh, 
the Batman animated series, if I remember correctly, Batman animated series and Batman and the Superman, ba- Batman, Superman adventures. No, or? the um, uh, Batman Beyond. It, I think it came out in that mm. time period in between that. Right. I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure it's right around there where it was like before Justice League came out, right? And and leading into the other. So yeah, I don't know what it was, but I just I, I started watching that and I was I like, oh, there's just something once. about the animation that it seemed like it was lower quality yeah, yeah. than even a lot of the shows. Yeah, and I think that was a direct-to-video movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see. Was there something else you wanted to talk about, Rodrigo? Uh, no, I kind of went on a, a big tirade about Diamond last show. Yeah, yeah, last issue. But, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what it would take to, uh, to get, to, to actually track that information down. I guess it's knowing the right people, and at this point, we don't know the right people. Right. But, but Do I think that people? once you know the right people, the problem with that is that then you can't turn around and give that knowledge to the people, because right. then you know them, and yeah, they yeah, will, yeah. Right. you know, and slash your tires, you. yeah. and cut they your brake lines. Yeah, come just don't do both at the hats. same time because that's not a very efficient way of killing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of you're doing double the work. Yeah, for... Rob, what about you? Anything to add this week into the show? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, and mm. Matthew. Hi there. My name's Matthew, and I like cheese. I, I on the subject of Val Kilmer as Batman. And I think that this is, this is probably going to be the end of it because, you know, we we're, we're really probably pretty much done. Did anybody else find that, that Val Kilmer as Batman didn't necessarily feel like Batman necessarily, but it was really interesting as a superhero thing? Oh, that's a whole, I think that's a whole nother discussion is I'd what, to go back you know, and sit down and who watch is that Batman kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, mean, uh, I, I liked, I actually like the saint, and I think that's kind of what that the same. Val Kilmer saint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what that character was. Was this kind of like because I thought the the Val Kilmer Batman was somewhere mm-hmm. in between. You know that you know he's really Batman, but he pretends to be Bruce Wayne, and you know he's Bruce Wayne and he's racked with pain, so he becomes the Batman kind of thing. Like he's somewhere right. in between. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. this amorphous thing where like. When he is sitting there trying to figure out what the Riddler is doing, he's like so stone faced and, and right. just just has like this whole different persona than his public Bruce Wayne or masked Batman. So like he's like some creature that is somewhere in between the two. Very nuanced performance. So the problem is, I just yeah. I would like to sit down and and follow up on that and watch mm-hmm. that movie again, but I just can't. I just can't stand watching Tommy Tommy Lee Jones, Lee Jones as, and as Jim Carrey. Just chew the no scenery. No scenery goes unchewed in that movie. Yep. You know, it's like double chewed, triple chewed. So I don't know. It's like Mrs. Garrett in the Facts of Life. Yeah. Girls, girls. All right, listeners, we have started a couple of conversations for you, and we want you to continue those conversations over at Majorspoilers.com. That wraps it up for this issue. Don't forget to check out some of our other podcasts. We've got a Critical Hit, a Major Spoilers Dungeons & Dragons podcast. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or want to just hear a fantastic story, go check out that podcast. We also have Top 5. Uh, the most recent episode that is out is uh, the Top 5 Things That We're Too Old For, But We Still Love Anyway. And I'll give you a hint. In a week or so, we're going to be doing a Top 5 on Cookies. Mm. Top five cookies coming up in a future episode of Top Five. And then, of course, we've got Munchkin Land. There's a brand new uh, uh, episode of Munchkin Land coming out, I think, 
June th- or July 30th is the release date on that. It's whatever that first Monday is in that week that ends the month. I think it's the 30th. So be on the lookout for those and go back and listen to the other uh, uh, two episodes that are already out and you can uh, enjoy some fun there. We're going to be back uh, next week with even more comic book talk. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. If I had the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such a chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers It's copyright 2012